Hello, wonderful, wonderful people. Good to have you here. I figured, look, there's never a day where there's not news about Meghan and Harry and the royals. There's never a day where there's not some news about Scientology and stuff like that. And meanwhile, on my other channel, which is thriving, it's got to, what's it at? I don't even know how many followers it's got. More than I thought it would have. Let me tell you that. I think, it, is it 65? Can't be that high, can it? Already? Yeah, 65,000 subscribers. We're 64,900 on Heretics. So do go over there and subscribe if you want those kinds of uh, hard-hitting interviews that I've been doing with Richard Dawkins and Helen Joyce and uh, um, Winston Marshall, who left um, Mumford & Sons and Alex O'Connor. So these kinds of hard-hitting documentary-style podcasts in person, which are very different to what I do on this channel. Um, but I thought it could be nice to get started with some questions. People have always got questions they want to ask about stuff, what's going on on the podcast, what's happening. And there's already one, actually, from Monica Unknown, who says, when are you coming to Florida to meet with A.A. Ron? For those who don't know, A.A. Ron is Aaron Smith-Levin, who is the go-to former Scientologist. I'm just going to have to sip some water today to keep that throat at bay. I have not stopped coughing for about three months, as many of you can attest to. Um, Aaron, of course, yeah, got arrested just a few days ago. He'd gone to California. I don't think that much arresting is happening in Clearwater, Florida, where he is. But I am going out there. Well, maybe I shouldn't say because I'm worried that, I don't know, what might happen? Could could people come and get us? I don't know. But So I won't say exactly, but it's in the next few months. And uh, I believe I'm going to stay at his house, which will be very nice. I've never met him in person. He seems like a lovely man, um, totally unhinged, which is how I like my friends to be. So, um, yeah, big fan of Aaron's and going out to stay with him. He's going to show me around a lot of the Scientology stuff in Clearwater, Florida. For those who don't know, that is the headquarters of Scientology. It's where Aaron lives. It's where Tom Cruise has got a uh, well, several apartments, I think, registered and where his co-writer for the Mission Impossible films and co-producer and co-everything, Christopher McQuarrie, is registered as living in Tom Cruise's apartments, despite not having declared himself a, a Scientologist. Now, everybody who lives in that part of Clearwater is or was a Scientologist, so it's all a bit bizarre, uh, and some people have accused them of <sighs> trying to take over Hollywood. There was that famous South Park episode, of course, um, that was uh, had the poster. It was about Scientology, and the poster said, Jews, let's show them who really runs Hollywood. Uh, I'm Jewish myself, of course, and I found that very funny because it's a play on the, uh, the stereotype of Jews in Hollywood and whatever. And really, it is Scientology that are very openly trying to take over Hollywood and to use films like Mission Impossible, to use Tom Cruise as a vehicle to show the world what a true Scientologist can do, that they can be immortal. That's why many of his films feature him being born again and again. Um, but yes, I will be seeing Aaron in the next couple of months, going to stay at his just for a couple of days, I think. Very, very excited to do that. And we will, of course, make lots of content together while we're out there. Thank you for asking. Uh, guys, get your questions in. If you put question in capital letters at the beginning, uh, I'm more likely to be able to see it because I'll be scrolling down all the comments and things. Uh, if you put a super chat, of course, you're welcome to do that. Even if you just put it as the lowest number that you want, then I can see that as well, at least. Um, Lisa Brunning, hello. 
hey, I finally managed to make it to a live chat. I'm sneaky listening at work. That is very sneaky. What do you do for work, Lisa? That is a very sneaky thing to do. Oh, by the way, put a one. I know people will be listening to this later on the audio podcast. Hello to you people. That's coming out on Saturday. Um, but for those of you who are in the live chat now, put a one if you want me and Aaron in in um, Clearwater to actually go and you know bust some heads or whatever. Is that an expression? I don't know. Just go and sort of talk to the Scientologists. Uh, oh, I'm getting a call. Let me decline that. Uh, put a two if you think that would not be a good idea and you want to see us do other things. So one, if you want us to actually go and try and interact with Scientologists, and two, if you think, hey, don't do that, come on, but let's do some other stuff. Um, let's see what else is going on. Uh, people are saying, when do you start? I've already started. Okay, I'm going, I'm going through the comments. I am having a look. People are saying some nice things. LD says, love your channel here and the heretics. Thank you, LD. Lovely comment there. Um, <laughs> Selena says, hi, Andrew. Good to see you from over here in Clearwater, brackets, Cardiff, Wales. Oh, well, Cardiff is not too far from where I am. I don't. I try not to reveal where I am, but I've been to Cardiff uh, a few times and it's a very cool city. The first few times I went to Cardiff, I didn't realise there was that whole water area. So I only went to the bit where like the castle is and that has some really nice parts to it and the park's really nice, but it also has some bits has some bits that are a little bit run down and a bit like, oh, I don't know. And then you go to that water bit and it's really beautiful there with lots of nice restaurants and things. So that's really, really nice. Um... Let's see, I'm scrolling down to see what people are saying. People are telling me to get some hot soup. Um, ba, 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 ba. Hi, Andrew from California. People on their way to work. And then uh, the, the ones and the twos, people do want us. They're all ones. People want us to go and annoy the Scientologists. I'll be honest, I am not surprised, but Grandkids Gator says, just don't get arrested. It's a very good point. And I can't get arrested because if I, I mean, I can, but if I do, I won't be allowed back into America. So I mustn't get into trouble uh, of any kind out there. Uh, I said this to Aaron, by all means, you do your thing and get yourself arrested. But I can't because then I can't go back to America. And I've got big things going on. I've got some big things I'll announce going on in America uh, in terms of live event things that I will announce uh, a little sooner to the time, but very excited to do. Let's see. I'm scrolling down a bit more to see what people are saying. Mm -mm -mm. Apparently, bust heads was the right expression, says LD, uh, but they are a dangerous lot. You're doing great work exposing them. Stay safe. Oh, gosh. Rowan Coates says, try a, hot, a cup of tea and hot soup. Have you seen your doctor about the cough? I haven't, actually. And I think, look, if this continues for another... A uh, couple of months. Look, I'm happy now. I've been going now for seven minutes and have not coughed, and that is actually remarkable. I have been non-stop. I've got this mask, which again on the audio is not going to be fun, but I've got this mask. I'm not advertising for them, by the way. There are plenty of other products, and actually I find it quite annoying because not enough uh, steam comes out of it. Um, it doesn't really get enough into you. I, I breathe it all up, and then there's sort of nothing, nothing there. So I find that a bit annoying. So... Yeah, done what I can with it. I've been taking all the medicine. I've been doing what's what. Okay, let's see. I'm scrolling down. Question. And please do get some questions in. People want to, because otherwise it's going to be it's just going to be me talking rubbish, which is going to be anyway, to be honest. Mel Bennett, the lovely Mel Bennett, who's a long-time viewer and moderator of this channel, says, are you going to set up some interviews in the US for heretics? So heretics, so firstly, I ha I'm filming, a, should I tell you who I'm interviewing in the next couple of days? And I do have an, a couple of, well, one American and one 
Canadian among them. I haven't actually announced this, but I'm going to go and find my list. Not that I don't remember them, but it's just easier when I've got the list in front of me. So tomorrow morning, I'm interviewing Stella Assange, the wife of Julian Assange. So that's going to be fascinating because he's got a massively big, massively big, as they say, uh, hearing in February um, to see if he can appeal against being extradited to the US. That's Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, who has been in prison, Belmarsh, I believe it is, uh, who has been in the Ecuadorian embassy for some time, who's been accused of certain crimes uh, by a couple of women in Sweden, all sorts of things gone on, because he initially divulged the information that was hacked by, or not hacked, but was leaked by Chelsea Manning in the US military, and um, he actually published it and has been in, in, in prison now for a long time because it's sort of state secrets and things like that. Anyway, he you know, Stella met him while he was, I think, working on his case. She was working on his case, and they got married. Anyway, so that's, that's Stella tomorrow. So ask me any questions about that. And also, if you've got questions for me, we do a bit on Locals, by the way, which is andrewgold.locals.com, where Locals members can put in their questions in advance, and I ask them, and that goes out just to Locals members. But if you've got things I should be saying, or if there are questions you want to ask me now about Stella by all means do. Next up in the afternoon, it's Yasmin Mohammed. Um, and that's a really, really exciting one. I can't divulge where that will be exactly or anything like that, uh, because she's someone who has spoken out against some very dangerous things. She is an ex-Muslim who got away from Islam and is very, very vocal about it. She is Canadian. Um, and we're actually flying her over for this one. So, I mean, it's cheaper sometimes to fly someone over than it is for me to go out to America and have to stay in a hotel, blah, blah, blah. You know, it takes a lot of time. Then we do have an American in the form of Peter Boghossian. And then I'm going on Peter Boghossian's. He's he's um, one of the, the sort of new atheists. He was a philosophy professor and he does something called street epistemology where he gets people out onto the street and he plays a game where he says, you know, there are two genders or uh, God is real or something like that. And you have to stand on either strongly agree, agree, neutral, disagree, strongly disagree. Um, and he gets a few people to play that game. So I think Yasmin and I will be playing that game at Peter Boghossian's um, apartment. Or flat, as I would say, if I weren't so internationally minded. Um, so that's to all tomorrow interviews I'm doing, and they'll be out in the next few weeks on Heretics. And I think maybe it's quite cool to do these little uh, videos and audio episodes for you guys to sort of give a bit of a forecast for what's to come. I don't always introduce the... Um, guests so much at the beginning of episodes. And that's because people tend to click off. Uh, a lot of people do. And it's better analytically, or in terms of the analytics, to just go dive straight into the topic sometimes. Next, it's uh, Travis Brown, who is a sort of anti-woke YouTuber from the... Uh, is it is it called Signal? Is it, is it Signal Travis Brown? I just want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Signal Productions. Uh, the Signal is his YouTube channel. Um, and he looks into sort of... Uh, woke ideology and the trans stuff and uh, he's actually got some interesting things to say that are like hey we're going too far in you know what it's one thing well he, he thinks that some people are almost ideological and religious in their criticism of some of the trans ideology uh, so I think he's quite an interesting one um, he's, he's a heretic then it is Posey Parker 
uh, which is going to be really exciting because she always brings in the crowds. People love talking to her. We'll get that one out um, as soon as we can. That's Kelly J. Keen, who goes by Posey Parker online. Um, and then there's a controversial one in the form of Katie John Went, who is, oh, uh, oh, although I don't know if I need to confirm that one, actually. And then uh, Maggie Oliver, who is, let's have a look. Um, I know exactly who she is, by the way, but she is the constable. Just want to make sure I get it right and have a good description here. Known as a whistleblower for exposing the poor handling of the Rochdale child sex abuse uh, ring case by her own force. That is going to be absolutely amazing. She's an amazing woman who brought down um, a lot of these, a lot of this stuff. So it's going to be a fascinating few days. Lots of different uh, topics coming up. Uh, I'll just reiterate it for anyone who's who's just joining. That would be Stella Assange, Julia, uh, Julian Assange's uh, wife, Yasmin Mohammed, Peter Bogosian, Travis Brown, Posey Parker, and Maggie Oliver are the ones confirmed at the moment. Now, as to Mel's question, I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, will I set up interviews in the US? I will do. And the plan currently, and I will talk more about this later, is to do so in May. There are quite a few people that I would like to talk to if all my plans um, go well, that's the idea. Uh, let's see. Um, scrolling down to see what people are saying. Da, da, da. Just about Aaron and I out in America. Samantha Askey says, I would love to see you and Aaron out together, but a very low profile for you. Please, thankfully, all of the Aaron supporters are very protective. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy, and I'll be careful. I'm not getting myself arrested. Uh Shell Hennessy says, have you tried oil of oregano capsules? Or as Americans, I think, say oregano. Is that what they say? Also, love heretics. Thank you so much. Um, and I have not. Maybe I will look into that. I, I need to do that. Um, Kate says, have you considered interviewing Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Well, I haven't yet because I'm only doing those ones in person. And I don't know enough about his politics. I believe he's a conservative. Would you say is he a Republican? Um, and I believe his wife might be the woman from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And if that's true, that's pretty cool because she is absolutely brilliant in that in that show. Um, but I, you know, I'd have to look into it more. It, it is a little bit American centric for what I typically do. Uh, I, I suppose, in a sense, that's a little bit of a difference between the stuff I do and what like trigonometry does. Um, trigonometry are a little bit more geopolitical. It doesn't mean there's not a crossover in that sec in, in that sense, and that if I had the chance to interview Robert F. 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 Kennedy Jr., I'm sure I would, but also I want to do all of these in person. So if I found out he was in the UK for some reason, or if he was about when I'm going to be about in May in the States, and there was an opportunity for it, then I would try it, but it might be quite difficult to get him on. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. 
To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com heretics and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one person I'm trying to get at the moment is Joey Barton, the footballer. But again, he's a very British-based person. You'll know him if you're British. And he's been saying some very controversial things. Um, Gandalf Gibbs says, Are there more guests like Sonia Poulton and Helen Joyce, or will they be back for part twos? Well, what do you mean by like them? Because they're quite different. Because Sonia uh, is very much about exposing abuse in elite circles. Um, and Helen is very much about expressing a gender-critical point of view that is critical of some of the woke ideological aspects of uh, trans ideology. So uh, they're two very different people. But in terms of Sonia and exposing, I think Maggie Oliver, who we're interviewing in a couple of days, and by we I mean me, who I'm interviewing in a couple of days, the royal we uh, is quite similar in that sense. And as for Helen Joyce... Um, I would say that Posey Parker or Kelly J. Keane is a similar one uh, in that aspect and, and, and just, just as brilliant of a speaker. They're both just absolutely wonderful. I'm a huge fan of all of those people. Uh, Otessa says, Julian Assange should be freed. Should he? Put a one if Julian should be freed. Put a two if you don't think he should. Um, you know, <coughs> there was a part, everyone was behind him on the left and then there was there were a couple of things there was some comments about his behaviour in, in the Ecuadorian embassy, but who knows how that might have been twisted and, and changed and made him to look made for, 
made out for him to look bad. And then there was also the accusations from two Swedish women with similar stories who have kept to their stories despite then saying that they don't want him to be extradited to the state. So it would imply this was not necessarily a state-manufactured thing. And that sort of split a lot of people on the left, some of whom, you know, were saying, hey, you know, believe these women – some of whom were saying, hey, this is a more important thing and this is being set up and blah de blah de blah Just Christie says, is it possible, or if possible, ask about what happened to David Miscavige's wife? Now, I think this is something that has been blown well out of proportion, the whole thing. This is Shelley Miscavige we're talking about. Now, Leah Remini <clears throat> is probably the most famous ex-Scientologist. She is the actress from The King of Queens. And <clears throat> I believe she was fairly friendly with Shelley, and the moment that she realized she needed to leave Scientology was when she asked at a wedding. Uh, whose wedding was this? Someone remind me. Was this a Tom Cruise wedding? One of the Tom Cruise weddings? Was it Katie Holmes? Um, she asked, uh, you know, where's Shelley? And was told, and I can't remember his name, but it was this bloke who's just horrible. He's just got a horrible face. You don't have the effing authority to ask about that. Now, that became a really contentious issue. It became the issue on which, you know, uh, the, the, it was the hill that... Um, that oh bloody hell! You, you know when you have just the mind boggle. You have a, you have a, is that a, is an expression a mind boggle? Oh my gosh! But um, um, I've forgotten her name. I even just said it a minute ago. King of Queens, Leah Remini. That's what happens when you've been ill for a few weeks. I hope I'm up to scratch tomorrow with all my interviews. So um, <coughs> Leah Remini, that was the hill on which she was willing to die. You know, she was like, I'm leaving. I'm out, and that became a big thing. Where is Shelley now? I think what's happened here <coughs> is we've had to use a slogan because the crimes of Scientology are so nuanced and so complex and they spread over such a long time that it takes a long, a long time and for someone to be very patient and willing to listen <coughs> for you to explain the whole thing to them. So we've now sort of all crowded around this where is Shelley? And I think most of us know, if we really think about it, that Scientology is in involved in far, far deeper crimes than what might, might be happening with Shelley. Now, my understanding of Shelley Miscavige is that although she was maybe the nicer foil to David Miscavige, she was still somebody right at the top of Scientology who turned a blind eye to all sorts of horrible things going on there and sometimes was a part of it. So it's that thin line between... Uh, victim and perpetrator that is very, very complicated in cults and we don't know who to blame and who not to blame and who to feel sorry for. But ultimately, my understanding is that David Miscavige started having a bit of an, well, I don't know, with his receptionist, at which point Shelley was banished to some other part of Scientology somewhere in California in some sort of base there where she is carrying out menial tasks and she is, by all accounts, a true believer who is there of her own volition. Now, you could argue, hang on, we've got these new coercive laws that have been introduced into the States and the UK and I think Australia and probably elsewhere that now say, hey, you've been coerced into doing these things. But it's way too complex and I don't get the impression that Shelley is doing anything that she doesn't want to be doing. So yes, we do all sort of gather around together on this where is Shelley um, hashtag and it's been really good at getting 
people who weren't interested in Scientology interested because it's an obvious one. You know, the leader's wife has been locked up and not seen for decades. But it does seem, and I didn't actually watch it yet, but I've seen that Aaron has done a video on his growing up in Scientology channel saying, hey, she's been spotted. It does seem like she has been spotted over the years and is simply living out a Scientology life. And whether that makes her happy or not, I do not know. Ian Holmes says, would you do a Joe Rogan special with Eddie Bravo? Could be a classic. Well, does that mean going on Joe Rogan? Because then, yes. And if you're, if Ian, you happen to be working for Joe, <coughs> then I will come down to Austin. More than happy to. More than happy to. Um, but I don't know much about the whole Eddie Bravo stuff. I, I think, is he a... Uh, is he a wrestler? Are these people wrestlers or comedians? I'm not sure. They all seem to have very thick necks, um, the people that go on Rogan these days. Uh, it's it's He's always had that element of the Joe Rogan podcast, hasn't he? But he, I think he used to have more diverse guests, and he's probably reached a point, and it's fair enough, where he's going, you know, I'm just going to have my mates on this podcast now. And good on him. He's enjoying it, um, and he's earning good money, and he's got a really nice life. Who, who among us wouldn't want that for a job? and to earn the kind of money he does. Um, Gandalf Gibbs says, a great guest idea, Douglas Murray. Yeah, I've been to, I think Douglas Murray is in many respects the closest thing to Christopher Hitchens that we have had since Hitchens passed away. I've been rereading Hitch 22, that's his memoir, um, and thoroughly enjoying it again, just seeing what an amazing writer and speaker he is. Um, I don't agree with everything he said, and I don't think he'd want it that way. He doesn't agree with everything he said. He goes back and forth on things the whole way through. Uh, but I just read a really interesting passage about uh, Edward Said, the person who wrote Orientalism, was it? Yeah, I think it was, about the way we see the East. Um, and Hitchens was fascinating. Anyway, Douglas is very similar, especially in his way to you, the way that he uses antiquated um, insults. <coughs> um, Hitchens, for example, there's this great, there's a few great, I mean, you call it hitch surfing. If you go on YouTube and start looking for Christopher Hitchens insults, uh, and there's this great bit where he's in the Diana Memorial and he's saying that he wasn't a fan of Diana, and someone comes up to him from the public and says, you denigrate Diana in her own image or something like that. And Hitchens says, uh, he says, he says you, sh you shouldn't even be in these gardens. And Hitchens says, I shouldn't be in these gardens. I, I shouldn't be in these gardens. You see what brain rot infests these people. Brain rot. And I thought, brain rot, what a great like couple of words that is. Um, and Douglas Murray does that as well. He you know, tells people, you know, you need to get out of your bedroom more and things like that. And it can be very um, <coughs> entertaining, if not necessarily conducive to um, a, 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 a nuanced um, conversation. Ian Holmes, question, could a Saville, and that's Jimmy Saville, ever exist in the States? What do you guys think? I mean... Part of it's a great question because part of how Savile got away with things is he got cozied up with the royal family in the UK. That was a huge part. Um, <coughs> oh, bloody hell, I'm coughing more and more now. Um, that was a huge part of what he was up to. Um, hmm. It, was there a? I'm sure someone in the comments would tell me that there, there actually was a Savile, like someone who got. We're talking about not just somebody who did these horrible things to children and got involved in, uh, got into. Got, got into hospitals and mental institutions and things like that to take advantage of the patients, but somebody who did it in a systemic way or systematic, they, they were able to penetrate the system itself to do so. Someone let me know if there was a Savile. It's probably someone that we're not thinking of who's a really obvious one. Um, let's have a look. You know what? While I sort of clear my throat, what I'm going to do is show you guys and, and you guys listening as well 
Uh, well, actually, you guys listening will already probably already have seen this uh, by the time you get it. But this is a trailer for tonight's episode with Dr. Rakib Esan. You might, might not have listened to it yet on the podcast, so go back and listen. It's the previous episode. Here is a little trailer of 50 seconds, and I will be back. What we really need to get away from is this obsession with race. That you do have middle-class liberals. They use their anti-racist politics to deflect attention away from their very real position of privilege. White working-class boys are not faring well at all. That's the truth of it. While you have minority groups of Indian and Chinese origin who perform exceptionally well. Black children of African ancestry do really well. Black children of Caribbean ancestry do not. Absolutely. What's that about? We need to have a very serious discussion about why is that the case? What are the family structures and family cultures which are most strongly associated with positive youth outcomes today? Islamist extremism presents the principal terror threat in the UK. The police are scared, social services mm. are scared. Is too much immigration to a country, is that a, is that a problem? So I hope you will go over to Heretics and watch that tonight. That's Andrew Gold Heretics on YouTube. If you're listening on the audio podcast, it was the previous episode. That's Dr. Rakib Esan, who is absolutely brilliant and wrote this um, um, amazing book. Um, what was it Beyond? Is it Beyond Grievance? I always want to make sure I get, yeah, Beyond Grievance, what the left gets wrong about ethnic minorities. And Rakib is um, an ethnic minority himself in many respects, so am I. Um, but we had this interesting conversation Um where he, <clears throat> one of the main points he makes is that we center white people in conversations about race. And so much of the race issues and race wars and things like that in the UK and the US and most other countries doesn't involve white people at all. And it's almost a racist presumption that white people are involved in these things. And, and don't get me wrong, there are. I mean, I think there's probably a similar number of racists in every community, right? Why wouldn't there be? That's very human. Um, but really interesting how he talks about, you know, the battles within different races and cultures in the UK and the US. Um, Monica Unknown says, do you know that Scientology is having people arrested for having done nothing in Hollywood? Scientology claims people have guns and made threats when they're totally innocent. Well, that doesn't surprise me, Monica. Thank you for letting me know that. And look, I mean, Aaron spent what was there for one day and got arrested immediately. This is the kind of thing they do. They do appear to have some police um, on their pay, on their pay roll. So there you go. Ian Holmes says, why did loads of celebs die in 2016? Oh, I don't know. Look, I'm not really uh, a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. And I think at any time in history, people are saying now, why is everyone dying? And they think it's to do with the vaccinations. I think one thing we have to take into consideration is that when, look, if you go back to like 1950, there were like one or two television channels in most countries. And so everybody watched the same stuff. And there were genu generally far fewer celebrities. And there were far fewer people in the world. And they were living not as long. Now you've got a lot more people living. You have a lot more famous people. And they're all living much longer. So what that means is we finally reached an age where we're going to hear about a lot more of them, unfortunately, dying or getting ill. And it would be easy for us to jump to uh, conclusions about, oh, it must be because of this latest technology and blah, blah, blah. And we always have to be open-minded about those because at the end of the day, technology probably is going to be what kills us. But I think we also need to remember the stats um, and that this is a very, you know, uh, complicated and nuanced discussion to have and that with time I think we're going to see even more big name celebrities dying and getting ill 
Um, and I think we shouldn't just jump to those kinds of conclusions. Um, Lena Babe one, Lena Babe uh, says, "Are you single? Lol, you are very much eye candy." Well, thank you very much. Unfortunately, I'm not single. Well, fortunately, I'm not because I have a fiance with whom I am marrying in a few months. This summer, we're getting married. It's been a, a long and uh, beautiful engagement. So um, that's very exciting. We've been together ten years. And she is Argentinian, and she is a lawyer. Uh, mm -mm. Let's see, I'm scrolling down still to see some of these questions. Just Christie says, if possible, interview about what is happening in Germany with the farmers. I don't actually know what's going on with Germany and the farmers. I know that Jordan Peterson had a video and he was very upset because he put it out and it didn't get as many views as he'd expected. It still had like 50,000 in the first day. And you could see on his stats, he put a picture of his stats and you could see that that was pretty normal uh, for his channel. But he... I think, I, I mean, I love Jordan Peterson. I love a lot of what he says and does, but I think sometimes he can be a little bit, uh, as we all are, a little bit paranoid and again, jumps to those conclusions and he thinks, oh, I've been shadow banned. And I just think there are enough things on YouTube that YouTube might want to shadow ban, particularly his channel. They could take it down easily in a second uh, for the conservative side of it or the religious side or some of the conspiracies and things and they haven't done. So I don't know why they would start doing that with some story about Germans and farmers and I think it's very common for YouTubers, I'm guilty of this myself, for when our videos underperform to start looking for reasons. And every YouTuber I know says, oh, you know, I've actually been shadow banned. Um, I don't actually believe that YouTube does shadow ban. I think that uh, it has a very complex algorithm that once you know it and understand how it works, you can sort of, um, you can play it right and you can learn how to do it right. And I don't know. So, and I, and I think that also can be a problem. That can be part of a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. The fixed mindset starts to look at like blaming everybody else and, oh, it's because of the channels, it's because of my skin color, it's because of this, because of that. And then because of that, you don't have a growth mindset, which means you don't start to look at how you can actually beat the system. You say the system's already won, I've lost. Um, so that's what I would say about Jordan Peterson's. I mean, look, he, he doesn't need advice from me. He's doing pretty damn well. Um, um, I don't think I have allergies. Martha's saying sounds like I have allergies. I do have allergies as well, but uh, I had a cold and this is a cough that's lasted uh, for like a week or two afterwards and they can last six to eight weeks apparently. Um, da, 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 da. Let's see. I don't know. Gandalf Gibbs says... Aaron Smith-Levin loaded a new video about his wife and where she lives and works. Apparently said he has known for seven years, so it's new but old news confirmed. Oh, oh about Shelley, not about Aaron's wife. Yeah, well, there you go. So there is a place where Shelley Miscavige is, is working and living. That's what I mean that it's been sort of uh, taken, you know, uh, out of proportion a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just scrolling down to see some more questions here. Lots of comments, of course. But I'm just trying to find the questions. Um, let's see. People saying scary things about my respiratory issues. It's just a cough. It's just a cough, isn't it? That's every movie, isn't it? Every movie ever, uh, when they cough, it's like that That guy is just not going to last, unfortunately. Um, I played tennis with a guy yesterday who also was suffering from a cough after having been ill. And... Um, the two of us just sounded awful. We were giving the real tennis players a run for their money with the grunting, but it was just cough grunts. Uh, mm, 
And Sue says, love your podcasts. Do you think you'll ever be able to have a guest on who is on the opposite side of the ideological space than a lot of your guests? I think that's a great question. And it, it is a really difficult one because it's something that a lot of people, firstly, firstly, the problem is people then go, you've platformed someone you don't agree, you know, angrily. And then if you don't do that, people say, why aren't you platforming people you disagree with? You, you can't really win because it's obviously just different groups of people who feel differently about platforming those with different views. Um, I do want to get somebody on, and I might in the next few days, who is trans themselves, for example, and to try to understand that better. It's always been very difficult because I ask a lot of the sort of more famous ones. They never come on. They don't want to debate. And I always say to them, I'm hardly going to debate. I'm quite a soft touch. I mean, just tell me how you feel. And I'm every now and then going to go, oh, I don't really understand that. Can you explain that? Hmm, I'm not sure about that. That's all it's going to be. It's not going to be like a grilling and they just will not come on. However, someone I was in touch with the other day said that, you know, they, she, he might come on. For a long time, I've always said I would use she, her pronouns to be polite. And I think if I'm just alone, I would. But I started realizing that publicly that's that's something different. And a few of the gender critical people said to me, it's much harder to say to, to explain to like the general public who might not know enough about this. Uh, she can't come in the women's bathroom you know, if you're using the pronouns. So you do give up something when you use them. There are other arguments I don't agree with. I think people say, oh, I don't want to use they because they is, um, the language is too complicated. I mean, I'm, I'm a multilinguist. I always show off about it. And we do use they for first person. We, we do, and it's not that hard. You do often say, what about them when you don't know their gender? So I don't think that's the issue. And I think we get the wrong, the point is you can't be a they. Uh, that's my point. Like I, 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 the language I couldn't give a flip about. Like I, I'm happy to. I can say words. I can say words in other languages. You guys can as well. We can say fibbity bobbity boob. It's not hard. You can say that's not the right argument for me. The argument for me is that you can't be non-binary because that's not a thing. Uh, you can't sort of exempt yourself from society and say I'm more interesting than the rest of you. I don't have a gender. You guys are all boring because you fit into a traditional gender system. And it's like, well, I, I absolutely don't. Um, and I refute that and I resent that. So that's my issue with it. So a lot of the arguments that we sometimes use, I think, are are bad arguments, like, oh, it's too complicated to say they. No, it's not. It's really easy to say they or them. That's really easy for us. Uh, it's just wrong to do. And I don't want to indulge someone in their uh, arrogance is what it is. Now, if someone's mentally ill and they want to be, they say oh, they're a woman when they're a man or they're a man, they say a woman, then I, or, or, or they have dysphoria or whatever it might be, you know, in person, I feel like, well, might as well do what they want, I suppose. But I, I've got a public audience now. So what does it mean when I change my language to suit somebody in that respect? So that's a really difficult one. It's a great question, Ensu. And I never want to be that person who's like not going to talk to the other side. So I will get someone on in the next couple of days who will be that person. And I'll probably get absolutely killed for it, uh, for being open with them and, and being kind and polite to them. Uh, Addy Cake says, was it unnerving talking to H.G. Tudor? Uh, it was, but not as much because well, it's, it's always unnerving when you're talking to someone, as I'm doing now with all of you guys, but really it's just a black space and I can't see what they look like and I can't even tell what their real voice is. Um, and I'm like, is he looking at every like, little thing I do maybe he's naked and just like touching his nipples and watching like I don't what's he doing you know um but he's always been absolutely fine with me he is for anyone who doesn't know a uh, self-confessed or self well not self, he was diagnosed a diagnosed 
narcissistic psychopath. Um, and it's always interesting to talk to them. I did a great thing ages ago, interview a couple of interviews with M.E. Thomas, who sometimes shows her face but wouldn't do when talking with me. I never quite understood why. And then there's Jim, Dr. Jim Fallon. So not James Fallon, the presenter. He's another psychopath. But Dr. Jim Fallon, the neuroscientist who came to realize that he himself was a uh, psychopath from looking at his own brain studies, which is fascinating to know that you can actually um, do that. Um, Audrey Scrapperloop says, why are Harry and Meghan in your title? Have they been approached by Scientology? I obviously missed the start of the stream. Uh, for the audio podcast, it won't be. This is just going to be Q&A. I just put a title of like, hey, these are the things to talk about on this channel. Meghan, Tom Cruise, and me. Now, they haven't actually been uh, approached by Scientology. However, well, as far as we know, I bet they have actually. They have met Tom Cruise before, I think, and I'm sure they've been courted for Scientology. But the other day, of course, met with John Travolta, who apparently does not get on well with Tom Cruise because it has been said that Tom Cruise, being a devout Scientologist, cannot abide homosexuals and that it is said that John Travolta perhaps is one and there is a problem. Um, so whether the Travolta would have actually done Cruise's dirty work and tried to recruit Meghan and Harry, I don't know. Uh, but it was all a bit weird, that was. I mean, Harry came out with this weird thing. You've been dining on the image of dancing with my mother for years now. Dining out on it. A bit odd. Uh, Elsa, thank you for the super chat. CHF, where's that? Where's CHF from? Is that like Denmark? CHF. Uh, it is... Um, I've got to put money. Swiss. Of course it is. Swiss francs. Um, thank you. Uh, why Americans acceptieren green card from Harry. He talks so much. My English is bad. Hope you understand. Oh, it's good English, but we don't say akzeptieren. That's the only thing, but that means accept. Why do Americans accept green card? This was a whole issue, and I don't know too much about it, but it was an issue about that he shouldn't have had the green card because he has admitted to substance taking over the years. To be honest, I had a go in for that at the time, but to be honest, you know, I don't really care if someone's engaged in that stuff. He shouldn't really be talking about it. He's, he's supposed to be, um, you know, but this was part of the royals as the, the younger royals trying to relate to their younger audience and stuff like that for a while. And I'm sure a lot of people have green cards who have engaged in far worse. Uh, I don't know how we got a green card. I don't know how just sort of wealthy, rich celebrity people just get green cards somehow. They just all seem to have them, don't they? I don't know how one does that. If I wanted to have a green card, I, I don't believe I'd be able to. I have to get this sort of Esther uh, visa. So there you go. Chio Carr says, do you know something about the big crisis in the Spanish royal family? Greetings from Cancun, Mexico. I don't actually know anything about that. Uh, I know that that guy, I think, has he been accused of cheating? Was that what it was? Philandering the, the fella who is maybe the king, is he, or prince, who's very handsome and was spotted at the tennis recently when Alvarez was winning, uh, wearing a very prim and proper suit that apparently fitted him extremely well. Uh, Hablo español, pero no sé mucho al respecto. Um, desafortunadamente. So that's my Spanish for you guys. Um, Drama Triangle. Andrew, have you sold out? This is an interesting question. I always welcome criticism and things like that. I think this is this is actually backwards. That's and I, I don't know what angle Drama Triangle is coming at this from. Uh, some people have been suggesting like I've changed in some way because I made my second channel Heretics in which I express 
comments that are critical of what I believe to be woke ideology. I particularly got a lot of criticism from people who have left cults who tend, because the cults are very right-wing and often homophobic, for example, and restrict individual liberty, they go very far the other way. Uh, and they come out and it's very exciting and it goes, oh, everything's great now. Uh, and they don't see the nuance in it. And I thought, you know what? I want to talk about that. Now, unfortunately, although I was able to talk about all different kinds of cults on my channel, when I tried to talk about that stuff, people went mental. That's why I had to make a totally separate channel for that. On the audio podcast, for people listening, it's still all one channel called Heretics. Uh, it was on the edge with Andrew Gold. But on YouTube, you can't do that. You have to have totally separate um, um, channels for separate groups of people. It's the only way that it works. Even for clips now, I've got Heretics Clips as a, as a third channel because you don't want a demographic who, I imagine for clips, it's going to be a younger demographic who don't have the concentration span for full episodes. So it's a totally different mix and you don't want them all in on your YouTube channels. Uh, but for people who think I've suddenly changed or pivoted, if you go back and look at the audio podcast to the very first 10, 20 episodes four years ago, three and a half years ago, I was already having these discussions with Helen Pluckrose, James Lindsay, Peter Bogosian, um, Count Dankula, uh, who, again, I don't agree with all of these people's politics, but I was a fervent advocate of free speech and all those kinds of things. So what I would say is that stuff actually doesn't make anywhere near as much revenue for me on YouTube as does the stuff I was doing already. So the irony in your question, Drama Triangle, is it's the opposite. I came to realize that this was something I really wanted to talk about and wanted to have a space and a channel to do so, and I was going to have to take a huge financial hit to do so. My current channel, by focusing less on Scientology because I have less time and cults and things, uh, I've lost a huge percentage of my revenue. And I was doing it all from my bedroom. To make the new channel Heretics, I've done it all in person, and I'm spending fortunes on people to film and a warehouse to rent and all sorts of things. So my revenue has been uh, absolutely smashed to bits and I've gone from earning what was a really good amount to earning, you know, I can get by and do fine. So, but I feel much better about myself because I'm able to talk about things that I find really, really interesting on both channels. And I can go from this channel and talk about Meghan and Harry and Royals and Scientology to another channel where we talk about race relations and uh, when wokeness goes too far and gender and trans and things like that. And that makes me feel very fulfilled. And I've come to realize at this point in my life that that's actually more important than uh, just money. Um, and it makes me feel really good. Some people have it all on one channel, like Piers Morgan. He, he'll talk about the royals one minute and then he'll talk about the woke culture, blah, blah, blah. But his whole thing is like this shock jock appeal. And I think, and he's just so famous anyway that it works for him. Uh, it doesn't for me. So I have to do these separate channels. Um, so that's that. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. A lot of people worried about my illness. It has been some time, hasn't it? Um, <coughs> of course I cough when someone says that. Sam Spooky Witch, what a great name, says, Andrew, who would be your dream interview slash guest? I'd love Ricky Gervais, who follows me on Twitter and watches this show. Um, hang on but hasn't, you know, uh, said yes to coming on, unfortunately. I'd love, just because it would be great to chat with him, I'd love J.K. Rowling, of course. What a brilliant thing that would be. I'd love to talk to Jordan Peterson. Um, I'd love to talk to Leah Remini. All different kinds of people, and I would find them absolutely interesting. If anyone has a, um, you know, a any of those people as a close friend, let me know and get them on this show. Um, but yes, 
Look, go over to Heretics tonight, or if you're listening on the audio, go back an episode because there's that great episode with Dr. Rakib Essan on YouTube. It's premiering at 7 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Eastern in the US. That is, that is 1, 12, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I got all the times in this head and keep on watching this channel as well. Keep on listening to this audio podcast and share it with friends. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.